Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is May 26, 2021. This is episode 70. I'm Sarah and I'm here with Tyler. How is it going? Pretty good. How are you? Not too shabby. What have you been up to? Been watching some stuff. You have been. Yeah, trying to see. And actually, I have a couple more I still got to watch before a couple more I'll talk about for next week. I do believe we said you had a quota of three to four, and I do believe you uh, reached that quota. I did three. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, yep. And planning to do a couple more this weekend. So. Um, and you've even I, been playing something new. Well, if I call it new, but why don't, well, you, why don't you talk about it? Since why you played actually more of it than I have. Yeah, but you know what it is. You might as well talk about it so that. I'm going to be talking the rest of the podcast, so you go ahead. Get your voice in a bit. <laughs> um, I beat something this week. Okay. I beat Pokemon Snap, the new Pokemon Snap. Yep. Uh, it was very good. Very fun. Took lots of cute pictures. Um, but but by the end, when you are replaying the same level five, <laughs> six times in a row, you're kind of like, okay, when's this going to end? And eventually it did, and I put it down, and I'll go back to it when I'm in the mood. But for now, I'm not. So I've been playing a lot of Donkey Kong Country on stream and my family has been cheering me on, which is very nice. And we discovered how crazy silly I am because I remembered, I was reminded by a different podcast that you can um, rewind when you're playing Super Nintendo games on Switch. So that was wonderful. Nobody had to watch me just play three levels over and over. Um, And you and I have been playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition. (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know. Um, and even better, you made the proper shepherd. Yeah, you say that. It's the proper shepherd. You're not playing her properly, but you picked the proper one. <laughs> There's no proper way to there do it. There is. Paragon shepherd female is the only way. You're being evil renegade. Um, so you're doing it wrong. Yeah, evil is fun. I don't like listening to her. It sounds, it sounds sad. And <laughs> Commander Shepherd is everybody's friend. <laughs> you were so mean to Rex, you wouldn't put him on your party. The funny thing is, having replayed this, like knowing how the trilogy already ends, mm-hmm. what's the point of being nice? <laughs> Don't be mean. I'm just saying. Like, you you were mean to Rex, and that is just uncalled for. Yeah, Rex is going down. No, you're he's so not, mean. He's Don't... not surviving this game. No, yeah. don't hurt the Krogans. Why? <laughs> hurt the Krogans. How do you really like the No one knows what we're talking about, by I know. the way. I yeah. said Mass Effect. No, I know, but no one who hasn't played knows what the hell we're talking That's about. That's okay. <laughs> it's great. Um, it was a, like a FPS RPG that came out in 2007. My FPS. Yeah, it's got first-person shooting. It's not first-person. It's third-person. Where are you getting first-person from? Is it third-person? It's always third-person. No, I can aim down sights and it's first-person. Where are you aiming down sights? I'm, it's not FPS. I play as a sniper. Okay, yeah, when you snipe, it goes into FPS. Yeah. Okay, so it's the only gun. Sorry, every other gun you use is not FPS then. I only snipe. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> um, but FPS also implies, even when you're traveling around the world. Fine, action not, RPG. Goodness gracious. Just, just saying. Um, but yeah, I'm having fun. The upgrades are nice. It feels a lot better to play. What are you playing, an hour of it so far? Maybe. <laughs> Who's got time? Mm. Beat the Pokemon snaps, yo. Good. Good. Um, but yeah. I'm I'm liking it so far, but you got further than me, so you're winning. There's a big content drop coming this Friday for MLB The Show. Oh, for goodness sakes, here we go. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it, because I can just talk about the whole podcast. I'll talk about it next week, after the content actually oh, drops. Okay. I'm just saying, there's a lot to look forward to this week. And people who want to buy it, hint, hint, some of these listeners, it's going to be on sale this week, so maybe you want to jump on it. Oh, too bad the servers will crash because y'all new people are playing yeah, it. The servers probably will be bad ha. this weekend. But. Ha, ha. Don't bother. There's, there's a stub sale today. 
It's only oh, it's only thirty. It's only thirty percent off. This year. No, I haven't. I'm not going to. I'm just saying it's only thirty percent off. So it's not. Oh, only thirty percent for free money. <laughs> you need free money. It's yeah, free, buy you've, it. You've earned all the money so far. Yeah, exactly. I'm no money spent. Mm-hmm. I'm not spending an extra dollar on the on the game this year. I don't. That's have why to. you can't be a Twitcher because you don't spend money. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to win. Well, the only thing I'm thinking now is like I have a nice surplus of stuff. So I, I'm saying like 175,000. You did buy right already. Now. Right. I already I already have all the cards in the game. I'm just saying though. I really want to play a lot more Battle Royale now that the, the new program is reset this mm-hmm. month and the new rewards are pretty great. I'm thinking to myself, I drew the math the other day and I was thinking, okay, worst case, yesterday I went two and two, for example. It wasn't a great run. Your last one was nine and two, though. That was great. It was... You had it up to nine ten. and no. Ten. Oh, nine and no. I finished ten and two. Oh, you finished yeah. ten and two. Oh, that's uh, great. I told you I got to ten. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yeah, no, I, you did. I did. <laughs> but uh yeah i only went two and two yesterday but again pretty much everybody was on last night yes. so i knew i was gonna have a tough time getting through some really good opponents so that's fine but i'm trying to think like worst case scenario so you need 100 points to get like the best reward in the program to get the, the pack that gives you can choose like the best cards right, right. you need 100 br points so i'm thinking worst case scenario if you get um well, obviously you need first case scenarios you need to get 100 wins <laughs> so yeah. doing the math i'm like okay so if i just go two and two every time it would obviously take me 50 runs it's 50 wins times two. So it's 1,500 stubs per entry. Uh-huh. So that's, what's the math on that? Oh, too much. 50 times 50, well, 50 times 1,000 is obviously 50. So times 50, 5 times 5, 25, 75,000? Does that sound right? No. I don't yeah. remember what you were calculating. <laughs> anyway, what's 50 times 1,500? Um, 75,000? 75, 75, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So realistically, as long as you can get at least two wins per run, You'd theoretically be spending seventy five thousand stubs to get a chance to get one of the top cards, which are selling on the market for four hundred thousand stubs. So, oh, so again, that wasn't even that much, was he? I bought Trevor about three sixty. Yeah, but and again, those prices will come down a bit yeah. for now. But I'm just saying, let's just say theoretically they sell them in at three hundred. So still, to get a card's worth three hundred thousand stubs, if you only had to spend seventy five thousand on the BR program, like, still winning. Two wins per entry isn't bad, and I'm also lowballing that number because obviously there's a chance you can go higher per entry, or you could also get those bonus missions to get more points. I was gonna say like, so there's gotta I, be a way to get. More. I'd say like, if you're really good, and by really good, I don't mean like one of the top. I mean if you're had luck like I did last run, you could probably do it in I don't know, fifteen runs, ten to fifteen runs. Mm-hmm. So that's not a lot. It's not a lot of subs to spend for a card that's one of the top cards in the game, right? Trevor Story this time. Okay. Al Leiter. Um There's a Reggie Jackson that's in there. I think when you get to 90 points, you get a free Reggie Jackson, which is a great card. So, yeah, I want to spend some more time on that. But like I said, there's so much more stuff coming up this Friday, too. Every team's getting their new Team Affinity cards. That's all you need. More excuses to play. Oh, man. Gonna be bad. <laughs> Still trying to play Apex. I'm actually I've had, I've had a lot of success playing Apex lately. Yes, yeah, because baseball has been servers down a lot. Yeah, but I just mean like I haven't been playing Apex that much. I've only played like 90 games this season. It's been out for two or three weeks, so I'm only playing so. like a few games a day. But I already have like nine wins. So uh, what battle pass level are you? I'm only like 27. <gasps> but you gotta finish it. You I know. I, I'm on. It. Okay, there's 75 <laughs> days left. Mm-hmm. did the math in my head the other day if i there's <laughs> always every game i play nowadays involves math i'm just trying to be like okay i'm like okay if i need to max out this battle pass in apex i'm probably gonna need to get at least one and a half levels a day which isn't that bad especially if you can do the dailies and the weeklies stuff. anyways mm-hmm. i digress video games are turning to math for me now yes. this, is, this is the problem i i need to just play a, that's why i like playing racing games that are now and then i don't have to think it's just like mindless yeah, like that just, was fun when you were playing need for speed and then you beat that and you went back to your cycle yeah i should play some more forza yeah. Too bad I had the Xbox in my room. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't have the Xbox out there anymore. Oh, well. It's not Forza for you. Okay. We're almost 10 minutes into this podcast already. I I haven't got to any topic, and I still don't talk about the three movies I want to talk about. I don't even know what your topic is. uh, The topic, thankfully, won't be that long today, but I need to get into these. Okay. Tell me about these movies. I don't even know what you watched. Right. So the three movies that I watched this past week. uh, I'm just going to talk about them in the order I watched them in. I'm not going to rank them or anything. Um, Oh, I know what your first one is. Yeah. So the first one, which came out, I think it was last Friday on Netflix, uh... Zack Snyder's new film. You know how much we love Zack Snyder on this podcast. Um, Army of the Dead, which if the title doesn't give it away already, it's a zombie movie. Um, initially, when I heard about the premise for this, I thought it was an interesting take on. I mean, zombie movies have been done to death, whether it's the Resident Evil movies in the last you know decade or so, or Twenty Eight Days Later. Like, there's been so many different types of zombie movies in the last 10, 20 years. You know, there's not much new you can do with the genre, but I thought this was an interesting take. So Snyder, his plot, and and by the way, this is definitely a Zack Snyder movie because the story is him, the screenplay is him. The slowdown? Yeah, of course. And the last time he did the story in the screenplay, that was Sucker oh, Punch. Oh, we talked about Sucker Punch. Right. So we I was like, it. hmm. I was like, Army of the Dead. We'll see how his writing is. And you were you watched a little bit of it with me. I like did. Very, and I, I laughed. Away. I laughed when <laughs> early, very early on in the game, one of the, the uh, game. Jesus. Well, it feels like a game. I know. Early on in the movie, one of the uh, characters says the other character, like, they're talking about this guy. Like, they're trying to recruit a team, obviously, to get yes. together. So, you know, it's because. Party members. Basically, what the. I'm jumping all over the place here. Yes. The main plot of the movie is these. This mercenary, Dave, played by Dave Bautista, the wrestler, mm. he has to put together a group of mercenaries, you guys want to call them. They're going to pull off a heist. They're going to pull off a heist in Vegas during a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. That's, where the, that's where the plot intrigued me, because I'm like having a Vegas or zombie apocalypse thing set, yeah, set specifically in Vegas. It's a cool concept, if you do it right, um, which I'm trying to imply. I don't think Zach did, but... <laughs> The, the basics were there but anyways early on there's a when they're trying to they're looking up like they're watching basic youtube videos or what i don't know what you call, it's probably tiktok for all i know they're watching like tiktok videos of people like killing zombies and the one character says the other character like this guy's got a whole like reddit forum dedicated to him like, oh, oh my right. god it's like why would zach you put reddit forums in your <laughs> screenplay i'm like really i don't know but long story short it's 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 like every zach snyder movie we've ever talked about here the visuals are good his visuals are always good. He's got a good eye for some scenes. Um, like, it's definitely a violent. It's, it's a zombie movie. It's violent. It's bloody. There's lots of gore. If you like that stuff, you'll be happy. Um, but then he introduces dumb stuff into it. I mean, okay, there's some interesting concepts. Like, there's... It's not like... like the problem is Zach threw all of his ideas into one blender yeah. in this one, basically. You have slow zombies. You have fast zombies. <gasps> you you have, have robot zombies. You have ro- Don't spoil it. You have robot zombies. You have smart zombies and by smart i mean they actually like there's like an alpha and the other zombies oh, actually right. listen to him so it's almost like they're organized you have zombie tigers they, they literally said in the plot like the zombie tiger shows up and someone's like what the hell is that and then the person of course how would they know this but the person says oh it's one of siegfried and roy's tigers and now it's a zombie tiger I'm like oh yeah for sure sure why not yeah. zach yeah sure so uh, and that, that only comes into play once the zombie tiger kills one person in the movie Granted, it's a very violent death, and Zach definitely lingers on it in a way where I'm like, okay, I get it that you really want to show off the violence here, but it's a little gratuitous. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about the plot. The plot is just dumb. It's 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 especially the way it ends makes no sense. There's so many like plot holes and just things, logic issues in this movie don't make any sense. I watched it. It was two and a half hours, like most Snyder movies. He needs an editor. He doesn't know how to edit. Um, I don't even know what the budget on this was. I assume it was pretty expensive, though. I don't know. I watched it once. I'll never watch it again. I probably wouldn't recommend it to anybody unless you just want to get wasted and 
watch something mindless. That's <laughs> that's my review of it. I don't know. It's it's okay. I didn't hate it, but I walked away from it being like I felt nothing. Like obviously, like most Snyder films, you don't care about the characters. Um, so you know, if you're just there for the zombies and the violence, sure. But I think there's better movies out there for that kind of. Mm. If you want a better example, go watch Snyder's own zombie movie that he made back in 2004, Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. which was a remake of another zombie movie. But at least that one Snyder did was pretty good. Because again, I don't think he didn't write the screenplay for it. He was more restrained then. It was before he became all big budget and slow mo stuff. I try to think of it. I try to think of there was there was maybe a little bit of slow mo in that one, but not a lot. It's one of his first movies. But Army of the Dead, watch it if you want. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, what a glowing um, review. Yeah. Uh, at least the next two movies were better. I mean, I expect them to be better anyways. They were definitely very different than what we just talked about. But uh, the next one, um, and these next two, by the way, I rented them on the Cineplex store. So they're not on Netflix or Amazon or anything like that at this time. Um, and they're pretty cheap. I only rented them for like five bucks each, I think. So it was worth it. Um, even though, again, I probably wouldn't rewatch either of these films. But that was, it, they're, they're dramas. The intention with these films is probably just watch them once, get something out of it, and move on. So... But the next one is based on a true story, and I was intrigued by the trailer when I saw it, I think, earlier this year. I think the trailer came out in January, February, but uh, the movie is called The Mauritanian. That's a name. Well, it's there's a place, in, and again, I don't know exactly where. I don't want to butcher this. I, I think it's in the Middle East somewhere, but there's a place called Mauritania. Okay. And that's why the movie's called The Mauritanian, because it centers around a character from that area. Okay. So, basically, um, it's a true story about a... Uh, a man, um, and I, I apologize, I can't remember his full name. Um, in the movie, they just call him Mo. Okay. I think his real name was Mo. It wasn't Muhammad. It was Muhammad or something. Because people, he, he had to keep, keep correcting people when they called him Muhammad. It wasn't Muhammad. It was something else. Muhammad Mood or something. But people call him Mo. Okay. <laughs> so let's call him Mo. So Mo the Mauritanian. <laughs> okay. um, they don't call him that. They either call him Mo or the Mauritanian. But anyways, this that this 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 man gets. Um, uh, arrested in his country and deported to uh, Guantanamo Bay mm. in the U.S. It's in Cuba. So that's where they keep all these suspected... Again, this movie takes place just after 9-11 for context. So this mm. is right after 9-11 happened. Um, so when tensions were really high, obviously, in the U.S., and they were uh, arresting and, and detaining uh, people they suspected of terrorism in, or anybody affiliated with the terrorism in Guantanamo Bay, right? So this this gentleman, Mo, he, uh, he gets arrested on suspicion, Nothing was proven. They just he apparently he took a phone call from Bin Laden's sat phone, but it was his cousin calling him, uh. and uh, apparently his cousin was calling him just about taking care of some of his family back because his cousin was affiliated with Bin Laden, but this guy uh. wasn't. But because he was associated with the suspicions and all the heightened tensions, they just arrest this guy. So well, you got to be part of it because right. why else would you take a call from Bin Laden's phone? But so, anyways, he's been. I think by the time the movie really kicks in. Um, like when it starts out, he's been already at Guantanamo for three or four years. Mm. So one of the main actors is Jodie Foster. She plays a lawyer. Okay. And she is she's like a humanitarian, like a human rights lawyer. You know, like she like she's been involved in politics and political act, acts of of um, what's the word I'm looking for here. She represents people affiliated with political like Vietnam and and um, uh, what do you call it Gulf War stuff like okay. that. And obviously nine eleven at this point in the movie. So human rights activist, but she, she wants to go down there and interview him, get his side of the story, find out what happened, like why, you know, why he's been detained, what he's being suspected of, yada, yada. So, um, so the movie really centers around those three, there's three characters, Jodie Foster's character, who I think her name was Nancy. Uh, we got Mo, mm-hmm. the Mauritanian, who, by the way, he was, he was a great actor. I'd never seen him anything before, but I looked him up after. I think he's a French actor. I think his name was Tahar Rahim. 
and uh, he was great in the movie. Uh, he he gets a lot of a lot of screen time. Obviously, he's the main character. Jodie Foster is great. She always is. I knew she'd be good in this role. But what really what I was really impressed by in this movie, and I shouldn't have been surprised because uh, he's great in everything. But Benedict Cumberbatch has a pretty big role in this movie. Oh. He plays the uh, he plays the he plays like a, a U.S. I don't know if he's a, is he a colonel. I think they call him a colonel. I think he's a colonel in the in the U.S. Army, but he's like a lawyer. You know, he's not a you know, he's been in war, in the war before, but he hasn't part nine eleven. He's been on he's a he's on the lawyer side of the U.S. military, so he's charged with basically now that you know the U.S. government wants to prosecute some of these mm. terrorists and prisoners in Guantanamo. So Cumberbatch is sort of tasked with heading up this case, heading up the case to to you know try these people one by one. Um, so, but Cumberbatch's character is very sympathetic in the movie. Like he's not—he doesn't just play the. He he initially takes the case for the right reasons because he knew he was friends with one of the pilots of the planes that flew into the, t- the tower uh, in New York. As he's as he's undergoing this investigation, he's realizing that you know they don't. The U.S. government didn't have a lot of strong evidence against a lot of the prisoners in Guantanamo, and a lot of it just based on suspicions and associations, right? So he wants to make sure he has a solid case. He doesn't want to just go there. And But you know, the U.S. government's basically just saying, like, most of these guys have already confessed. It's a slam-dunk case. Like, who cares? Don't worry about the evidence. Don't look into it too much. Uh. They're basically telling him, like, don't investigate. Because when he does, he finds out that a lot of the evidence is tainted or or the confessions were coerced, because obviously a lot of these prisoners were tortured yeah. um, for years. And... uh and that's the thing I always find interesting about movies like this. They see it's interesting. Like I watched a movie, I think it was last year, maybe even two years ago. There's a movie on Amazon called The Report with Adam Driver. And it was sort of a similar concept. You had like someone who's a CIA analyst in, in um uh investigating like uh again about nine eleven claims, but it it also um it also focused on the torture aspects of what the CIA and or the or who they would hire, they would outsource to uh oh. people to do the torturing and so then they wouldn't have a direct connection to it. But mm-hmm. But this movie makes a strong case, just as the other movie did, the report, where, like, getting confessions and information stuff out of torture doesn't work because you, how can you trust the information? You know, obviously people will tell you whatever they want to hear. It's only one person. Whatever, whatever you want to hear to make the, the pain stop, right? Um, you know, this movie shows the, some of the lengths they would go to. I mean, obviously everybody, everybody who's seen, like, either that movie before the rapport or if you've seen zero dark 30 or, mm-hmm. or one of those movies hurt locker even like everything everybody knows what waterboarding is was a common torture technique that they would use um but obviously like there's like psychological torture a lot of times they would uh leave the prisoners in the rooms and just blast heavy metal all night or have strobe lighting like just mm. try and trip them out and uh and this movie had an interesting uh, one that i never thought of before. well Actually, I shouldn't go into detail on that here because it's probably a PG podcast. But <laughs> let's just say they use a tactic I hadn't thought of before involving female guards to try and coerce the men into information. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, which I was like, huh. Yeah, that's. I guess that's one way to do it. But um, or even, and then they even go so far in this movie with Mo's cases by threatening to to arrest his mother overseas and bring her to Guantanamo and torture her. Aww. So it's like, come on. Like, but the anything they can do to get the information, right? So like long story short, this okay, it's based on a true story. It's one of those movies where at the end of the movie, he does get eventually released from Guantanamo, but it takes 14. Like it's one of those movies where you have your court case at the end and then there's a whole bunch of texts at the end. They have yeah. to update you on everything. But basically this prisoner was released after 14 years in Guantanamo. They never charged him with anything. <sighs> so he got to go back to his home country. And then during the end credits, you see like the real person. Like they're okay. talking to the real person, the real lawyer, and you get to see, you know, the movies do that all the time when it's based on a true story. They'll yeah. show the real people in credits. So, but um, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show, like I said, that, you know, I mean, obviously the world was a crazy place back in 2001 or even for several years after that with the way 
everything went down in the U.S. But yeah, well, they didn't go on time. I think the end credits, I don't remember the exact exact numbers but i think it's something like they had 847 prisoners at guantanamo and they only ever charged four of them oh my gosh so and like i said they kept the one guy there for 14 years so that's pretty crazy um luckily he wasn't like he was pretty young when they arrested him so i mean by the time he got out he was in his 40s so it's not like you know he still had to go home and see his family and yeah. well i shouldn't say actually not one of the sad things in the end credits was that i think two years before he was released his mother passed away so you need to see his mother again but he got to go home and see his he got married I think he had, the captions actually said he married an American lawyer. Not the same one that defended him, like a different American lawyer. Hmm. But that's interesting. But yeah, no, there's a really good movie, though. Like I love those, like, true story. Because, I mean, it's, it's again, unfortunately, it's one of the movies that you don't really think about too much afterwards. Like, I've watched it. I watched it a few days ago, and I still think about certain scenes today, but it's not one of those movies that's really going to stay with me. But it was informative when I watched it. The acting was really good. The writing was good. I enjoyed it overall. It was about a two-hour movie, you know. So, I don't know. You got to be in the mood to watch something like that. Yes. Obviously. But yeah, if you like that kind of stuff, if you're interested about it, go check it out. Like I said, it's on Cineplex Store or wait for it to come on Amazon or Netflix if you want. Called The Mauritanian. And last but not least. Oh, last but not least. Um, man, this is taking up a lot of time here. I have much time for our main topic. Um, I mean, I have to shelve the main topic until next week, actually. But uh, the next one I do want to talk about a little bit, too. It was a really good movie with some strong performances. Um, this movie is called Supernova. Um, so at first glance, you might think obviously that has something to do with space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't like doesn't really. The only reason why I think the title is mentioned is is because um, there's a couple of scenes at the beginning of this movie where the the two main characters are like sort of stargazing, and at one point the one character is telling another younger character that he's not related, well not related to. It's like his friend's niece or something, but he's basically explaining her what what happens to stars when they die and yep. explode and stuff. So. That's probably where the title came from, obviously, but that's not what the movie's about. The movie, um, this is a, definitely a small budget indie film. Uh, it's, a, it's a British film, like it's got BBC all over the, the main, the opening credits, or whatever. But uh, and it really, it has a very small cast. I would say maybe seven or eight like actors that actually have speaking lines in the movie. It's not a huge cast, um, but the two main actors definitely carry the movie. And it's uh, you have Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci. I don't know that name. You're, you're, it's someone you'd recognize if you saw I can get, I'll give you a couple examples in a minute and you'll understand what I'm talking about but Colin Firth for those who can't put a face in the name right now um, if you saw The King's Speech or if you saw the recent Kingsman films mm. he was in those um, he's in a lot of British films mm-hmm. uh, but yeah he's a really good actor and he's great in this movie Stanley Tucci is um, he's one of those characters one of those a guy he's not like an A-lister but he's in a lot of films and if you saw his face you'd recognize him from something you would might know him from like he was in The Devil Wears Prada he was Meryl Streep's... Uh, like, secondhand? The male, the fashioned... Remember yeah. The, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I don't yeah. remember his character's name in the movie, but... Yeah. Or um, he was... Uh, he had a small role in the Hunger Games movies. He was Caesar Flickerman. Okay. The announcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to say, yeah. the announcer, for sure. Yeah. He's got a very rec- recognizable voice and yes. face. You'd recognize it from something. He's been in so many movies over the last 20 years. But anyways, in this movie, you have... So Colin Firth, his character's name was Sam. Stanley Tucci is, is Tusker. Everyone, I, I had to watch the credits. I thought they were saying Tucker, and like, I realized it was Tusker with an S. So uh-huh. Tusker, okay, so Sam and Tusker are your main characters. Again, Sam is Colin Firth, Tusker is Stanley Tucci. Just remember that so I can reference names from here on out. <laughs> but um, so the movie opens with them. Basically, they're on like some kind of a road trip. They're in an RV driving around somewhere in, in Europe, I assume. Um, well, it has to be Europe because they're driving on the ones. I could tell they were driving on the wrong, wrong uh, left side <laughs> the of the road. wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> the left side of the road. They're obviously in Europe. But um, yeah, and they are partners. Okay. Um, the movie obviously makes that clear from the outset. They don't harp on it a lot. Like there's not a lot of male romance in this film, but they are definitely partners. They've been together for many years. Uh, you can tell that from some dialogue at the beginning, Colin's character is actually British. 
or so so Sam is British and Tusker is American. Okay. And apparently they met somewhere in Europe. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Tusker is an author. Uh, they're both successful in their fields. Tusker is an author. Sam is a um, musician. He plays piano concerts and stuff. He's a pianist, I guess, is the proper there you there go. Go, proper uh, terminology for that. But anyways, we're going with them on a road trip. Um, and they're going to visit some family they haven't seen for a while. I think it's Sam's sister they're going to visit, among other friends that they have. So as the movie develops, and like I said, the screenplay is really good in this movie. I believe it was written, written and directed by the same gentleman. A little, I don't remember his name. He's a former British actor turned director. But um, uh, long story short, you find out pretty early on in the movie that Tusker's character is starting to go through dementia. Oh, I remember this movie now. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You remember the trailer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so Sam's obviously trying to, you know, make his peace with that because he knows that eventually his partner is gonna lose his memory and forget who he is, and he's gonna have to take care of him, and you know, it's big lifestyle change, obviously. But uh, you know, and the movie does smart jobs of like it's not that kind of movie where they have these explosive arguments and there's not a lot of like blow up drama. It's a very restrained movie with. You know, but the conversations they do have are very insightful, and I like the way they handle, um, like for example, when they get to the house and they meet Sam's sister and his family, and they're all having fun. They're having a party, they're drinking, they're having food and dancing and stuff. And but at one point during the dinner, you know, uh, Tusker was going to give a speech. He had a, he had his notes. He was going to write read the speech, and then he he was having difficulty with reading because like, the movie makes a point too of how like he wants to try and finish his last book before he loses his memory, oh. but he has difficulty uh, writing. And one of the clever ways I thought they, they talked, they re- referenced that in the movie is that at one point um, when Tusker's inside with the like, partying with the people, Sam goes back to the RV to go get something. He notices Tusker's book, which he's been working on the whole trip. Um, he notices his book on the table. So he starts flipping through it. And as he's flipping through it, he notices that the, uh, the writing is getting more and more illegible. Like, okay. like initially you can read the first few pages and it turns into scribbling and then by the end he's just like he can't even draw like a letter because he's right. just you know his mind is just not there so it's a it's a sad way of showing you know, the state of dementia and, and what that can do for you but um and then also while sam's investigating the rv when he sees the book he also notices a uh, uh package that tusker is hidden away in the rv and when sam opens it he finds a vial of something which, again, if you're a smart viewer, they don't spell it out, but you can pretty much imply that he's got a vial of something he probably plans to take to commit suicide. Right. And there's also a little cassette tape in there, and then it shows Sam putting the tape in the cassette to listen to it. And then I like how the the movie just, it, 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 it um, cameras, the camera, the camera, like, dollies out to outside the RV, and mm-hmm. you just see Sam inside listening to the tape. You don't hear the tape. You just see him listening to it and reacting to it. So you know what it probably says, but they leave that up to your interpretation. Right. And later on in the movie, when... And Sam and Tusker leave the house and go somewhere else to, to stay to vacation for a bit. And, and Sam like puts the video on the table and starts playing it for Tusker, implying that you know he knows mm-hmm. the plan to kill himself. Um, so you know they that's one of the big arguments they have in the movie. Although like I said it's still very restrained. It's not like an over the top swearing kind of argument. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I like how the movie ends uh, ambiguously. I won't spoil the ending. I'll just say um, yeah, you don't know whether he goes through with it or not. The movie just ends with Colin Firth at a performance. He's playing his performance at like a, on the piano at the end. And it doesn't show the audience or anything. So you don't know if Tusker's there watching. Like, has Tusker already passed at this point? Is this... Mm. We don't even know. Are we seeing is the movies? Are we seeing something from the past? Or, or is this oh, in the boy. future when he's still... Because he, he, he said he didn't want to play piano anymore. But Tusker kept encouraging him to keep playing. You know, and... Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, the, like I said, the movie, it, it's probably, I don't know, an hour and 40 minutes. It's nothing crazy lengthwise. It's definitely a slow movie. I mean, it's a movie. It's a drama. There's not going to be a lot of act. There's no action. I mean, there's very little, like, exciting dialogue in terms of if you're looking for, like, you know. 
Is it sad though? It sounds sad. Well, yeah, it definitely is sad. I mean, it's it's, and they both give great performances. I mean, uh, Colin Firth trying to play those the supportive partner, trying to help his uh, help him out with with what he's going through, and then you know Stanley Tucci gives a great performance as you know the one dealing with the dementia. You can just see like he's when when uh, I referenced the scene earlier, I, I didn't finish it in my thought, but when he's when he's supposed to give him this speech at the dinner with his friends and family, and he can't really read it so sam starts reading it for him and as sam's reading this elaborate like two-page speech you can just see the camera's just focused on tucci's character the whole time reacting to what is being said mm. and he's he's great like he's like i said i love actors who can emote without saying anything mm-hmm. just their eyes and their their mouth and, and you know little facial motions that just you, you can tell what they're thinking without them having to say it mm-hmm. you know it was a very good movie uh, like i said again sort of similar to what the last movie i just talked about you have to be in the right mindset mm-hmm. to watch this movie and obviously if you have had a family member or someone you know go through dementia in the past. I'm sure you probably wouldn't want to watch this as like a reminder of that. But if that doesn't bother you, then I would say it's definitely a great watch. Um, if you want to watch two great actors give amazing performances, it's kind of this kind of movie that obviously is not going to get any kind of awards recognition. It's not a big enough movie, not, not enough exposure behind it for that. But um, yeah, it was great. It's, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't watch it again, like I said, because once you've seen the plot the whole way through, you enjoy the performances once, and that's good enough. You don't need to go through it again. But um, yeah, I don't know. Those are three movies I watched. Obviously, three very different movies. We got a zombie movie, we got a real life movie about Guantanamo, and now we got a movie about dementia. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of ran the gamut there on different types of movies. And the next two I'm going to watch are actually also very different movies. I think the next one I'm going to watch like a trippy sci-fi one. Oh boy! Like with time travel and stuff. And then the one after that is just going to be like your typical. It's a Guy Ritchie, one with Jason Statham. Oh. Where he's like a, uh, Brinks like truck driver <laughs> who gets. Yeah, I don't know. He's trying to find out who killed his son, so he he, he's, he gets into this crew, and they start all these banks Ooh, get all, all the trucks get robbed. It looks good. It looks like mm-hmm. good British like crime drama. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. Oh boy, well we are already at <laughs> thirty two minutes on this podcast. Uh, there's no way I'm getting to the topic tonight because you, I was going to spend probably ten to fifteen minutes on this topic tonight, but you I'm not going to have time now. No, we'll see you for next week. <laughs> well, I definitely dragged it on a lot more than I thought I would. I apologize. I will give a teaser for next week though. Well, I do want to talk about this next week, so I'll, I'll try and segue in maybe a sports slash movie topic next week. But in this case, the it is going to be if anybody wants a hint. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. So next week's topic uh, will be about. It's going to be one of those ones where I focus on a specific actor. Okay. An actor that I really enjoy. Um, he. Yeah. Okay. I'll just. I'm, I'm only going to have one major clue here because I think you can obviously make a short list of like three or four people you probably think it's going to be. Okay. I'll just say he's one of my favorite. One of my favorite actors that doesn't do a ton of stuff anymore. I really enjoyed a lot of his stuff 10, 15 years ago. I'd say, but he's an Irish actor. Oh. I'll leave it at that. Irish actor who still does movies, but not a lot anymore. But when he was at his peak, he was, I think, one of the best. And I really want to talk about his. Not only his films, but also just his personal background. I think he's a very interesting actor. So hmm. we'll leave it at that. I don't know. Uh, and we will talk about that next week. So you want to do the email shout out? Okay. Now that things are starting to go back to normal a little bit more in Canada, uh, the United States is already a bit ahead of us here, but if you're listening to this from Canada, then you probably know Canada is starting to finally catch up on all the COVID stuff with vaccinations and maybe things reopening in the next month or two. So let's just put this way. Let's pose a question. If you want to send an email, what is the first movie you're really looking forward to? to seeing in theaters again once they open back up do you have an answer um yeah for me okay okay i would say if theaters can open up in the next like 30 days let's say it's not it's not supposed to i know it's not in the plan fine (laughs) well the the movie i'm talking about comes out in july so let's just say 
45 days. If, they, if in the next 45 to 60 days the theaters can reopen, I would really like to go see the the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Oh my god. Is that the name of the movie? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I want to see Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. That movie was great. So you can email us at whenoppositesreact at gmail.com. Well, um, yeah. Again, starting to get to the main topic today, but I hope you guys at least enjoyed <laughs> some of the stuff I talked about. Uh, maybe you'll feel like watching one of those movies. That'd be cool. Um, Except for the first one. Well, it's not, it's not like it's... I didn't say it was terrible. I would say, okay... Out of I those, watched it, the first 30... I didn't watch yeah. I listened to the first 30 minutes and I was out. I would say if you chose... Or if you chose to watch Army of the Dead out of the three that I mentioned, I would be a little disappointed that you chose that out of those three. <laughs> but at the same time, it's also on Netflix. So it's... Mm, if you already have Netflix, it's, it's easy. It's there. Yeah. You don't have to rent the other ones like I did. So I get that. If you want to just watch a dumb, dummy movie, go ahead and watch Army of the Dead. Just don't, have, watch, don't have high expectations. But what was that thing you showed me afterwards with all like the questions? That, that channel? Oh, that YouTube channel? Yeah. yeah. I stumbled across that recently. I think it's hilarious. Um, I think it's... I mean, it's hosted by screen rant i think is the name of the youtube channel i'll give a shout out to them but specifically they have a a bunch of videos or a, a series i guess of videos on that channel um i think i can't remember the guy the guy's name who runs it, it's ryan something ryan davies maybe he's great but he does a bunch of youtube videos they, they call it like pitch meetings yes where he pretends that he's like pitching the script to himself basically he plays yeah. dual roles in this, it's hilarious for like, this movie yes it, watch it, the movie and then watch this yeah it, it's like a six or seven minute video he does a perfect job of summing up how dumb army of the dead yes. is <laughs> so yeah it was, it was amusing uh but yes anyways uh thank you all for listening as always appreciate your support and uh, send us an email, please, if you'd like to. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, we'll be back again same time next week. Boys. Bye. <laughs>